Listen up, ancient soul. There is wisdom in your bones, and this can serve you in your life and in your work. And before we begin, let's ask permissions to the indigenous, rightful stewards of the lands we sit upon and welcome the directions, the blessings of the East, of the South, of the West, of the North, of above, of below, and within, bringing ourselves through all time and space to be here. Let's breathe in and out, laying an offering on the ground, and let's merge soul and earth. beautiful soul. How are you? My name's Asha and I am a priestess to the Great Mother. I am someone that helps leaders fulfill their soul destiny in service to humanity and the earth while building generational wealth. This episode is about the insides, the transformative journey of pilgrimaging through India. We just did this a couple months ago. And I wanted to take you on the insides of what it's all about. I hope that you enjoy this. Srinagar is 35 minutes away. We'll be soaring thousands of feet above the clouds. Our aviators today are Captain Maitri Venkatesh and First Officer Farhan Lala, Zeba Prakriti Angana, and I'll be surely Captain members speak English and Hindi. Some of us also speak Nepali, Bangla, and Punjabi. I find myself today in Rishikesh on the Ganga River, the most holy of waters across from the Shiva temple. There's so much that I can tell you about what the journey has been since I last talked to you. (laughs) I think the last piece I recorded was a flight going from Amritsar to Kashmir. Kashmir is on the very north of India and it borders Pakistan and China. And there was a lot of um, military activity. Um, And, you know, I think that probably a lot of people, um, if they know things about politics, they would probably think we're crazy. Um, But honestly, it was the most peaceful place. To be near the Himalayas, to be on Dal Lake was the most um, peaceful. It was the most serene. It was the most connected to the all and the everything. And um, I, I, I can't even begin to describe it. I can't even begin to describe how my system, my soul, felt like it had returned home. And I'm pretty sure I was not the only one. I think everybody was not only enamored with the place we stayed, because we stayed in these um, uh, houseboats, uh, which were lovely, 
And if you get a chance, you should see my stories on Instagram at Asha is now, and you can see the India and India too. And those will have um, the lovely and magical and just enchanted Dal Lake. And then when we trekked in uh, just a short little track of um, like an hour or two in the, on the Himalayas, um, I got on a little pony. Um, I had um, I had a little bit of an uh, ankle injury five or six weeks before I came. Well, five weeks actually before I came to India, and so I was a little nervous about what my walking would be like. But everything was fine, and I ended up just like embracing the whole pony thing. It was just kind of fun, and um, so glad that that was available for me. <laughs> Um, and you know, I kind of found myself like in my usual day-to-day life in at home. Um, I probably feel a lot of pressure to be active. You know, I, my partner's like a super athlete. Like he's like an ex ultra marathon person. So you know, there's like kind of like this family dynamic that we have around exercise um, that's always present, and um, I love it. And also it was just kind of good to like not feel that I had to do it in that way. Um, And then when we arrived at uh, the river there, we sat and circled in ceremony and just paid our respects to the mountains, to the deities that hold the holiness of these mountains and we prayed for the liberation of all sentient beings. And um, I couldn't be, I couldn't feel more fulfilled from that ceremony, especially because the local guides and local people working there started approaching our circle and they wanted to be a part of it. So I was doing a, a water blessing and, you know, one of the guys was like, I want that too. <laughs> so that felt really sweet. And, you know, our guide, Tariq, um, said, um, yeah, they haven't seen people who come here and feel so much respect for these mountains. And, you know, they're just really noticing that. Um, and, you know, I, I really felt like, yeah, yeah, we do. You know, we do. And, and. Yeah, and it's also like a prayer of mine that more and more people feel the respect of nature just in general. Because really nature is just like this most exquisite expression of the divine. Then, following Kashmir, we headed to Rishikesh, 
where the energy got very real. And as I'm speaking, I can hear like almost something in my ears and in my head, just shifting the tone of the pilgrimage. I found myself in heightened states of emotion when I arrived. And there was some things that I needed to kind of negotiate um, with the staff at the place where we were staying, but it was not really about them. It was about me and layers that I wanted and was being asked to embrace about myself. Um, basically, the gist of it is that, um, you know, my I, I'm traveling, obviously, with people from Latin America and people from the U.S., and, um, you know, as foreigners, sometimes what happens is that um, in these places that rely on tourism, they really revere Westerners. And I walked in and they really didn't say much to me. Um, and then when my group came in, you know, like all foreign looking people, they were like received with like a tea and a mala and this like welcoming and um and then you know the our guide had to say to them like she's she's the leader here <laughs> and they're like oh you know okay sorry and there was a lot that came up for me there was a lot around value there was also a lot around like oh i'm looking too indian because i was kind of dressed in indian wear you know and i for a moment thought oh my goodness in order to be, for me to be accepted and revered in the country of my lineage, I need to dress like a foreigner. And so I had that thought cross my mind and I was like, no, you know what? I am doubling down on my Indianness. That is what I'm doing. Now I had this whole journey and what I started noticing with the group is that some people were elated to be here and were in the joy and the celebration and other people felt the intensity of the energy. I mean, if you look at Ganga, if you look at this river, it is running constant, constantly and fearlessly. It is unrelenting and also there's a calmness about it. It's really quite challenging to even describe it, but it sits you down. It sits you down energetically, spiritually, and for some people physically, like some people couldn't sleep and then they had to take the next day and sleep and not join in the activities until the evening where we went to go see the Arti um, kind of fire ceremony here at the Shiva temple. And um, yeah, the intensity of it. And I think for, for some of us, it was really a, whoa, this energy is a lot. And for some people, it's not what they want to do. And for others, um, it's very much what they want to do. Um, yeah. After landing here, we went to a cave and um, it got real for others. And um, in that realness, um, energy moved. And um, yeah, I just sort of supported a couple of them that needed just a little more balancing help. 
And um, yeah, then in the evening when we went to the Arti, which is like so, like it's just like joyful and celebratory. And I think everyone's energy just shifted. And I sort of knew that that was going to happen. Like I, I could feel that everyone's energy kind of like dipped. Um, not Maybe not everyone's, but there was like a deepening. And then by the evening, it all kind of lightened up and um yeah, and we're just like gathering ourselves now to take off on a five-hour bus ride to Delhi where we will be traveling back. And so the journey is going to end very soon and we'll end probably with a circle. And I'll tell you all about that. I'm home and it's tough to pick favorite moments of this pilgrimage. I think the thing that really touches my heart is as we were arriving back in Delhi from Rishikesh after I think it was five hour drive, I looked up and there was a sign that said, Asha, transforming lives. And I was like, what? <laughs> I think it was like an organization. I have no idea. And I just could feel that the universe was just like patting me on the back for the work I do. And even the parts that, you know, people don't recognize as energy that's being moved. I think it's, it's um, easy to think that even having a trip that looks from the outside like we're just visiting tourist sites can feel as though Where's the spirituality in this? And this specific pilgrimage was unique in that the movement of energy was done very subtly. And, you know, I've gotten like feedback from my teachers that I should really make a spectacle and a big show. <laughs> so people really like feel, you know, the whole shebang. And um, I, I recognize that, I, I understand that. I have friends who do, um, you know, work that is along the same lines and they definitely make a show. And I think it's beautiful because people recognize what's happening within the show, within the theatrics. And my style is probably a little more subtle. My style is um, direct. And the movement of energy was done 
when I would sit with people and speak to them about their Vedic and their human design charts. And the movement of energy was done with the poignant questions and inquiry that I would ask people and the way in which we would meet and circle and really, really, truly ceremonially connect to our own ancestry, the ancestry of the land and the culture of the land so that that cosmology could support each of us. And so it can easily, you know, you can easily look from the outside and think like, well, they weren't on a real pilgrimage, you know? But the thing is that as women, especially as women, we transform in remembering who we are, in reconnecting to who we really, really are. And we may not all be about, you know, austeric yogic practices. That is really more for men. I think we've forgotten that. I think we've forgotten that we also have the Lakshmi way. Lakshmi is the goddess of wealth and beauty and grace. And in us returning to our own internal abundance and our own internal beauty and our own laughter and sharing with each other, that is transforming souls and lives when we get spaces where we can be that. Each pilgrimage is so different, right? And I know that, you know, my partner, Michelle and I, so I partner with her for some of the pilgrimages that I do and some I do on my own. And the one that we're doing following this India one is India, November, 2024. And that one's going to be very different because we're going to be diving deeper into the philosophy, connecting to teachers in the South, connecting to more temples in the South, because the South historically was not as affected by the British colonization. Um, so many of the, you know, the, the thousands, hundreds, the millions of temples in the South uh, remain because the British were mostly in the North, from what I understand. So the South has been preserved and you even see it in the dress, like the way people dress in the South is different than the North. You know, it's a little bit more like you see more women wearing saris and uh, temples everywhere. So anyway, I digress. But next year we will be doing the South in a deeper way, the philosophy, also yoga teachings in Mysore and going through understanding the matriarchal society in Kerala and arriving at an Ayurvedic center. May your soul merge with the earth. May all beings be happy and free and may everything I say, think and do contribute to the liberation of all sentient beings. Let's seal the ceremonial space in the north, in the east, in the south, in the west, above, below, and within. And with this, we say thank you, thank you, thank you. Breathing in and breathing out. <laughs>